Hi, and welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubners. The carnivore way of eating has completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going strong every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am. So let's get into it. All right. This is episode nine of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I am joined by Sweta Kumar. She is a holistic healing coach, and she has been on this beautiful earth for 39 years. You can find her on YouTube and Instagram at primal, P-R-I-M-A-L dot Kumari, K-U-M-A-R-E-E. Did I say that right? Kumari? Kumari. Yeah. Kumari. Okay. All right. Sweta Kumari. Very beautiful name. All right. So I would like to start with you giving some background about your life and your lifestyle before coming to the way you eat now and the way you live now. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, It's always an honor and a privilege to be able to share my transition uh, into this way of life. I grew up pretty much on the standard American diet. Um, I came from Well, I should say I come from a Nepalese family, so it was very much lentils, rice, this type of thing. Um, It's very much like Indian food, except there's a little bit, a little bit of differences. Um, And so when I was two, we moved to Australia and I still remember the first McDonald's that opened up in our town. So we were introduced to sort of this sad diet, so to speak, um, pretty young. And I think that Um, for my parents, it was very much like, well, we, so from there, we moved to the States when I was four. And, um, so it was very much like, well, we're in the land of the free, like everything here is great. Everything here is wonderful and the food and the everything. And so, yeah, we, we were allowed to eat sugary cereals in the morning and, um, you know, it was pancakes and Oreo cookies with milk when we came home. Um, you know, cocoa puffs and Reese's peanut butter cups and all of this type of stuff for breakfast. Um, and then of course snacks, but then dinner time was always a very sort of from scratch, Nepalese rice, lentils. There was always a meat. My parents, um, you know, from that part of the world, a lot of people can be vegetarians, but meat is something they believe in our culture, at least in my family was something that is important for children to eat. So there was chicken and that type of thing, but not beef. Beef was not allowed Mm -hmm. in our house. Um, Although my parents did not, um, you know, they didn't care if we ate beef. When we went to McDonald's, we could eat whatever we wanted. Um, So that was cool. Uh, And then uh, my dad got, my dad, um, I think I must have been about 15 or 16 years old, um, was very fortunate that he had a heart attack. Um, it, It was severe like could have, you know, really bad. And it totally changed the way food was in the house. So no more Oreo cookies. I must've been maybe 14, 15, something like that. No more, everything became from white went brown. So it was like all complex carbs. We went from like, you know, my dad went completely sugar-free, but at the time still eating the carbohydrates, like the complex Mm -hmm. carbs. So we kind of transitioned to that. Um, And so, you know, we weren't allowed to have sodas anymore. It just like completely came to a screeching halt. And at that time too, I um, was deep in a, what do you call eating disorder. And so I was just eating crackers and water, basically. Um, This was Mm. high school, you know, very much like, and then um, I got into drugs and alcohol, which is part of my Mm -hmm. story. And um Yeah. And then I basically, when I was 23, things just kind of progressively got worse with food. And I noticed too, that like, no matter what I did, if I wasn't eating nothing and just crackers, I still wouldn't be able to lose any weight or anything like this. Cause I would then binge too later on. Like I would end up binging out on very high carb sugar foods 
Um, and then I went into the Marines when I was um, in 2002. Um, so went to University of Maryland and then decided I'm going into the Marines. And there I was introduced to um, MREs and different things that were just calories and sugar and all of that. My eating disorder mm -hmm. spun out of control and I started seeing symptoms of ulcerative colitis. Now I am trying to follow a low calorie, no fat diet. So basically do all, every diet that there possibly is under the sun, I've tried it. You name it, I tried it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I continued to gain weight. I continued to go deeper into my alcoholism, my depression, everything was just completely out of control. And the sugar, the sugar was like, it was, it, it's a drug for me. A lot of times um, this might be triggering for people. So I just want to preface by saying that a lot of times when I notice is when I eat sugar, um, I don't know what I'm capable of after it enters my body. The craving is so elusive that I just can't stop. I can't stop. And then it sends me into this addictive cycle. And so I've actually blacked out on sugar before, just like you know, my, um, one of my doctors asked me like, did you drink a pint of vodka? Like your enzymes in your liver are so high. And I was, and at that point I had been sober for like five years and I was like, well, you know, so, um, I blacked out. I like literally would come home from work, binge out on sugar, not wanting to right. Driving through the streets. Okay. This is which one am I going to hit next heart palpitations, the whole nine yards, and then getting it in completely numbing out on the couch, just like, mm -hmm. like a drug. I know that's mm -hmm. hard for some people to hear. Um, I have experienced drugs before. Um, it, it to me, it's a drug. Um, and, yeah. and I, I want to make that very clear because it, in this right now, people think, oh, it's just sugar. It's, it's not a big deal. It's highly yeah, it's so acceptable, but for me, it is a drug. I cannot have a single grain. Um, and so I found the ketogenic lifestyle in 2017, all the while I was having ulcerative colitis. I was told at 23 that I wasn't going to be able to, um, that I'd probably lose my colon at some point. Cause it was really bad. Um, the likelihood of me having children was it's being so severe is probably, not a good idea, wouldn't be good at all. Um, and probably wouldn't happen anyway. And, um, you know, that it was so severe too, that the likelihood of me living a long, healthy life was also slim. So I obviously was devastated and decided I was going to do anything. I got sober. And then once I got sober, I was able to start, um, you know, I saw that I had really bad eating disorders and that sugar was a problem. And then I started to take all of these actions almost 16 years ago, 17 years ago now. Um, and I, then I went into the ketogenic lifestyle in 2017 and after go, coming out of se severe postpartum depression, um, and I started to go into remission from the colitis. So I think that the ketosis um, really lowered inflammation for me, but then there was the piece on the veggies that I was still a little, that's why I kept, um, what do you call it? Uh, coming out of remission. Cause then I would like, I was making kale smoothies, you know, cause that's keto. If you put an avocado in there and it's a health food and I was going backwards. And so every time I went to the GI doc, she was like, I don't, I, I was fortunate with her. She was like, I don't know what it is, but, um, it seems that a lot of my patients do well on meat for some reason. So I wouldn't go vegetarian. Cause then I was trying to go vegetarian, a keto vegetarian. And she was like, I don't know that that's a good idea. How about we take out the kale and you continue to eat meat because I don't think that that's the, that, that you should go vegetarian basically, which is mm -hmm. devastating for me. I mean, it took me months to like process that because I really wanted to go vegetarian. Um, and then, yeah. And then in 2021, I stumbled across like Kelly Hogan and, um, in 2020, I stumbled across a lot of people because we were home. And so right. I was interesting. So in 2021, I started to go 
carnivore. And then I decided to go strict carnivore. And then I, this is where I saw major difference in my blood work. I worked alongside of, um, quality carnivore, Austin Cavelli. I still work with her uh, for blood work and things like that. And my inflammation markers plummeted. Also, I should mention a couple of years prior when I was when I went into the ketogenic lifestyle, my, um, I was basically keto war. I, um, my colonoscopies came back pristine and the doctors were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm intermittent fasting. I'm eating a ketogenic style. You know, they were like, well, I don't know about all that, but just keep doing whatever you're doing. You know, they weren't happy about that, but clearly it was working. And now like the inflammation markers plummeted my cholesterol triglyceride ratio to H just beautiful numbers, my A1C, all of these things that are markers of good health. They're there. Um, and so now I, I have healed my gut. I am no longer on medications. Um, I have found a way of keeping, you know, obviously keeping my stress low. I do, a um, little bit of fasting, not too much because it raises um, stress for me, which can then cause uh, ulcers. So I have a little bit different story around fasting than um, typical story, but yeah. So, um, you know, I do my salt. I make sure I'm hydrated. I eat tons of meat. I prefer beef. I eat a lot of beef. Um, I eat a lot of burgers and um I enjoy it thoroughly. I have, my anxiety has improved. The PTSD is virtually non-existent. Um, I haven't had any panic attacks. Um, I'm nicer. I sleep beautifully. Um, I did have, it was a transition to get there. Obviously I did have keto flu at some point. Um, when I first came on, I was experiencing some diarrhea and all that, but I pushed through. I eat a lot. Um, and I, I'm, I'm amazed that I have two beautiful children, um, which was not, you know, I have my colon still there. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. and beautiful. My stools are so beautiful and wonderful. And, um, yeah, I think there, there's a lot, there's a lot little pieces here and there that we can get into, but that's the gist. Awesome. That is such a beautiful story. I love the happy ending. And I mean, I, I can totally relate with sugar being a drug. Now I've never blacked out on sugar, but it was definitely like mm -hmm. I would get home in my malnourished state and I would just start going through the cabinets and just putting it all in. And, um, and it was like, once I had a little, a little taste, it was like, I needed, I needed to have more in it. And I, I will get the same type of feeling if I drink a lot of alcohol or if I mm -hmm. smoked a lot of marijuana, like mm -hmm. get it into me. I need more. I need more. I need more. Um, and, and so I think a lot of people can relate with sugar being a drug, even people who feel like they don't have an addiction to it or it doesn't have effects on them. I mean, it's you, I can see it in my children, especially my son. If he gets some sugar, you know, it's like, what else sweet can I have? He can be stuffed from dinner, have something really sweet for dessert. And like all of a sudden he's hungry again. And, you know, he's, his little body is searching around for another fix. Um, okay. So as a holistic healing coach, you focus on food, but also the whole approach. So it's not just food, but also the other things like, yeah. Um, so mental, mental well-being, uh, mental health is I, that's where my journey started in 2007. So I was diagnosed in 2006. And then in 2007, when I got sober, I finally was in a um, state where I could think clearly. And I was like, I am going to heal this thing. Um, and I had a doctor, again, fortunately, um, who was from South India. And he mentioned to me at the time, you didn't really hear people talking about reducing stress. And he said, you need to reduce your stress. And I was like, you know, we didn't talk about diet, whatever. And I, and I said, I'm going to be your first, I was his youngest patient. And I was 20, 23. And, um, 
And he said, I don't know that you're going to be able to get off of medication. You'll probably be on it for the rest of your life. But what you can do is reduce your stress. So he he introduced me to meditation and I was like, really? And while getting sober, meditation was definitely something that was put on my radar. And I was like, I I can't get behind this. So I had a friend at the time who was doing his PhD and um, he was taking a quantum physics class. And so I was like telling him meditation, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, you know, everything's just energy. So meditation, it's, it's actually, it works if you understand. And so I was like, all right, he handed me a book, which was way too hard for me to understand, but I started researching more around energy and all of this. And a lot of it has to do with up here. And I started to um, learn that right away, I was like, I'm just going to do this. So I started doing different types of meditations every single day. Like it became a thing. And I also went into um, a 12 week trauma therapy program for something that happened in the past that I was like, this is probably something I might be holding in my gut. I don't know, but it's worth a try. And at the time, because I also was aware um, shortly after that in about 2008, I was aware of the sugar. So I went completely, um, I started going low carb and um, sort of paleo low carb. And even though it was like honeys and agave and things like that, um, and I was in a program at this time, um, I had support. I think I started to see some relief from, I was still on medication, but I, I wasn't seeing as much pain. I started to notice relief just physically, like my nervous system started to feel, you know, um, relaxed more. And, um, so for me, one of the first things I do is, um, as a coach is we talk a lot about, um, neuroplasticity and we talk a lot about limbic resonance and basically neuroplasticity is simply a dying of an old nerve and a creation of a new one through, daily practice of an opposite behavior of what you typically did before. And then eventually what happens really hard at first, but then when the limbic resonance comes in, you have me um, and limbic resonance is just the limbic part of the brain resonates with that other person um, deeply emotionally with something that is very uh, sort of um you, you, you just don't talk to other people about it typically. So then you feel aligned and resonance with that person. It allows the dopamine and the serotonin, and then it helps with creating the neuroplasticity so that we can actually change some of these behaviors around the sugar addictions or around certain behaviors that are just sort of ingrained in us. Um, and then, you know, then just all the typical coach stuff after that. So when we, and a lot of times with my clients, we have to do deep work around, um, very specific incidences that create, created the sort of wanting to reach for that food or not being able to come out of the behavior And then through working together, we can kind of undo that and just kill off those nerves, rewire the brain and have a different way of of living and then not need me. You know, the goal is to get out there and live your life and not have to, you know, stick with me for the rest of your life. That's the goal. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely, I, that's something that I noticed that, before coming to carnivore, I was doing all of these things. I was meditating. I was, you know, working on myself, working on past trauma and things still weren't working out. And I feel like carnivore was the last piece of the puzzle. And so I had a friend ask me like, what are you doing? You're like totally a different person now. And, and, you know, we have always talked about our meditation spiritual journey and, and, you know, I've, worked out for years. So I moved my body. I've been into yoga and I was like, but the missing piece was carnivore. And, you know, not that you can just go carnivore and it's going to solve all your problems, but carnivore with all of these things has, has made me like this person, this new brand new person. Absolutely. The missing link for me too. that nutrient dense food coming into my body 
and then the fat entering into my brain and Mm -hmm. just calming sensation of the combination of the two, especially beef. I just, I feel like I say this all the time. I can actually access my tools. Whereas before I'm just crazy all the time where I don't even know where to start. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I used to use this term carnivore Zen. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't used it very much lately, but that's, it's, it, it's the most, like, I just ate a burger patty with, um, you know, some cream cheese on it, uh, before our, I've been eating, uh, I'm a little late on breakfast today, but I've been eating breakfast. I have heavy cream with, you know, just plain old coffee and there's nothing like it. I'm going to go through my day. I'm not going to be an asshole to everybody. Like mm-hmm. it's just, and that feeling of connectedness to a part of me that I lost for so many years it wasn't until I started eating the amount of meat in 2021 when, when Austin was like, you're not eating enough. And I was like, well, how much do I need to eat? And it was hard at first. And I struggled those first three days because I don't, my body was like, what is going on? But on day four and five, first thing I noticed was my stools were like incredible. And which is for someone who has ulcerative colitis, that is like the happiest thing ever. And then all of a sudden I started to feel so, I can't even describe it in words, hopeful, love, mm-hmm. kindness, the, the connectedness I always wanted to feel to the world around me and the people around me. And then the, you know, just these simple things like where I might've judged before. I, I just, I'm like, I see people and I see beauty in them. And it's just, there's so much to this way of life that I just, how, how are we missing this? It it just feels like, how are we missing this? And then on top of that, my blood work coming back the way that it is. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. And then it's just incredible. It's incredible. I agree with you. I'm with you 100% missing link. Yeah. Yes. All right. So you said that you had the burger with the cream cheese this morning, um, and that was your breakfast. How soon after waking do you try to eat breakfast? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, so typically today was a little off day. We are moving. Things are a little crazy and we have camps going on this week. So I had to pick up all the little kids and take them to the camp. Um, my daughter's friends and also my son. So I typically would wake up, I go outside I do a little grounding. I do a little sunshine. Um, and then I do, uh, water with a little bit of Redmond's real salt before I go outside. Um, just because of the grounding and the electrolytes and the, you know, you're mm-hmm. you wake up and, um, um, the electrons coming up. It's just like a whole beautiful thing happening with the sun. That's where I do my morning meditation, um, which looks different this week and probably the last three weeks. Uh, and then I would say about 30 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. Um, I will get burger patties going. Typically I have burgers like toast. Um, I'll have two or three today because I have so much going on today. I just have the one I plan on having more, but I'll have around probably seven 45, eight o'clock. I'll have two to three burger patties. Typically I have them plain right now, the semi cream cheese. So I've been using that, but just like toast, um, I'll put butter on it. Um, and I'll have a coffee. Um, and yeah, so I would say seven 45, eight o'clock. Sometimes okay. I do eggs right now. I'm on a burger toast kick. Okay. And so will you, you said you'll eat more later. Do you typically eat two meals a day, three meals a day? So it depends. Um, so I, I gauge everything on stress and mood. So right now I'm in a high stress sort of situation Mm -hmm. where we're moving from one house into my parents' apartment, basement apartment while our house is being built. And, um, even though we, I've been very slowly taking, you know, what I do is if I know a stressful time is coming, I plan for it so that I don't feel stressed. I have done a lot and we still have 23 days left. 
Um, and so at this time I have been having two to three meals a day, just because I'm a little bit more active than usual. And, um, and just also active in a way that is stress producing. So I know I need more energy. Um, so right now I'm having two to three days, but on a regular day, I have breakfast and I have, a, I mean, three burger patties, typically, sometimes I'll even do four. And then, um, and this is during the week. Um, and then again, at lunch, sometimes I, I do salmon, I'll do tuna, I'll do burger patties, but I eat a pretty large lunch. And I should also mention, because I have healed my gut, and it is summertime, I do eat low oxalate veggies, mm -hmm. more like someone would have ice cream on the weekend. So on the weekends, I will have if a you know, I'll make like a um, butter lettuce with, around my burger, but it's more of like a side thing. Mm -hmm. uh, meat is always, the, and I do enjoy that now. Um, but yeah, it's mainly beef, salmon, you know, I do seafood, fish, sometimes, you know, oysters, we had crabs recently. Um, but yeah, so two large meals. And then if I'm in a stressful state, sometimes I will have the third meal, just because mm -hmm. I need that extra nourishment to bring the cortisol down really, because stress is the number one offender for me for like mm -hmm. all kinds of, especially the colitis. Okay. Okay. So what about family and friends? What do they think of this crazy off the wall, all meat diet? <laughs> um, so I, I'm fortunate that, um, I'm in a very loving, accepting family. Uh, so family-wise, like my immediate family, they really have nothing. I mean, I've healed the colitis. So it's like, all right, I mean, you feel good? Like, cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't, and they also like, it's been so many years. So I think just also, it might have like my past being what it is. I was always on a diet and I was always doing, so they're probably just like, okay, that's just what she does. You know, I don't think they, you know, they'll ask me, are you eating? And typically like at my mom's house, you know, even yesterday, she's like, well, why, why aren't you? I was like, well, I already ate and I'm not eating that. <laughs> like, and then they don't question it. Um, or I'm, you know, I've been fortunate in that way. Like my mother-in-law always goes out of her way to make me, they're meat eaters and good meat eaters. I mean, like, mm. the good stuff. <laughs> uh, and they eat everything else too, but they're like meat eaters. And so like steaks and ribs, she will always cut half of the, like whatever the ribs off and put like salt and pepper on that and then grill it separately for me. So I'm very fortunate in that way. My husband, he thinks, I'm like, he's like, all right, mom eats weird food, but whatever. <laughs> um, that's her thing. So I'm very lucky in that way. Now I, there have been people around me in my life, acquaintances and things like that, whom are either diehard vegetarians or things like that. Um, not really one of my best friends is a vegan. So, I mean, that just goes to show, you know, my lifestyle is not really about what you're, you know, I'm going to be an example. That's all I can do. I'm not going to tell you what to eat. If you ever have questions, you know where to find me. We have a beautiful relationship. Um, but we were on, uh, that recently someone did say to me, um, I don't agree with the way you eat. And I was like, I turned and I was like, well, and I was going to get ready to be like, well, and I started saying, do you know what, you know, bioavailability is, <laughs> um, and we, we were eating the same exact thing. She's a vegetarian, but like eat shrimp. I don't know. It's weird. And so we were eating the same exact thing, but it, you know, I didn't have the, the flour, the, the wraps. I didn't have the rice. I had just a ton of shrimp and like a side of a burger patty, you know, like, mm -hmm. but it was exactly this. We ordered the same thing. I just, instead of French fries, I got burger patty and whatever. And, and then I said, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. And she kind of said a few things. And I just decided, Hey, you know what, let's just agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I typically do it, or 
what really works for me is um, in the past, like when I've been around people, I think it's more like sugar. People don't care so much about the, it's the dessert where people are like, you're not having a piece. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, have a piece. And I'm like, no, or it's a birthday. And it's like tradition for you to take my dad will be like, you just lick it. I'm like, no. Uh-huh. How you yeah. you want me to lick it twice? You know, you're not licking. Yes. He doesn't eat sugar. You're not licking it. I'm not licking it. Let's go. You know. And so I just tell people I'm allergic, and that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, it's very highly accepted to say something like, "Well, for health reasons, this is how mm-hmm. I." I use that all the time um, uh, to make things a little bit easier when I'm going out with friends and I have to maybe order something. I'll look at the menu ahead of time. I will stuff my face with like beef before I leave here. And I will go there and I will order something and probably just, you know, it's a yeah. piece of chicken breast, eat a couple pieces, move things around on my plate and just, I'm so satiated. I'm, I feel so good. I order a seltzer cause I don't drink and um, I'll, enjoy the company and my time with them rather than eating with them, even though I'll have a plate in front of me. Um, Those are some of the things I do. Um, And then if someone is curious, uh, I will about my lifestyle, then I will share with them. Um, But typically I think I've been fortunate. I think also when you stand your ground in something, I've done so much healing work around like being authentically who I am. When you just say, this is it. Like, this is what I, nobody cares. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna, I mean, they just don't, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and that's been in my experience. Maybe some people will come at you. Maybe then I would suggest not being friends with them. But most of the time when you are really standing with confidence in what works for you and I can't go back there. I can't, I can't go back. I want to be here. I want to see my kids. I want to watch them grow. I want to be a run around with them. I want to be in this fit body. And when you say things like that to people, they are like, Oh, and I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, this is, this is how I have to eat. I was um, for health reasons. And then if they're curious, I tell them, I'm like, yeah, I had a digestive yeah. thing and this is, you know, what works for me and I'll share information with them. And, um, I just want to be happy and healthy, just like you. Yeah. 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 It's funny. You bring up the birthday party thing because in a week from now, my grandpa, he's having this big surprise birthday party for his 82nd birthday. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I was kind of famous in the family for making these big extravagant desserts. And so I was approached and my stepmom was like, you have to make the cake for Papa's birthday. You know, he loves your cake. He wants you to, he, he, so they want me to make a German chocolate cake, like this huge thing. And I go, okay, I'll bring the drugs to the party. Fine. (laughs) That's what I do. And I was just like, I was just like telling my husband, everyone's going to think the cake is poison because I'm not having any. (laughs) And um, he goes, well, you could just, you know, have a, have a little slice. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going there with not. I know what it tastes like. I've had enough cake to last me a lifetime. Not going there. Not worth it. I have not had a, on my wedding day, I didn't have cake. I did not have a sip of alcohol. Um, when we, we did, we had a big, beautiful cake and we, my husband picking, you know, I picked all the decorations on what was going to be on the cake. We had all these fancy Indian desserts. I picked every single one of them because I know which ones I used to like and what people enjoy. And we had a big station of drugs. And then I had on the side uh-huh. in 2014, I had um, a plate, a little small bowl of, um, of blackberries. And that was my treat that evening. And I was keto at that point. I was like, not keto, but I was low carb, very low carb. I mean, very, very low mm-hmm. carb. Um, and yeah. And, you know, I didn't drink alcohol. My kids, they're, my daughter's turning seven next week. They've never seen me eat cake. They've never seen me eat candy bars. They've never seen me eat, have alcohol. And they know mommy doesn't eat that. And why mommy doesn't eat that? Mm-hmm. I just tell them it doesn't work with my body. And, you know, in this world, you, you brought up 
kids and family and all of this stuff. Like, I feel like in this world, the only thing that I can be, I can't force my way on anybody, but the only thing I can be is an excellent example of health, of kindness, of love, what acceptance looks like and um, allowing my children to be and do what they need to go through. But I know at some point in life, they're gonna come and say, hey mom, so this is going on. And I can be like, well, have you, what, what did you have sugar that night? Did you have, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on? And then if they want the help, they already know mom doesn't have that stuff. And it's, I feel like yeah. that's the best way to be as an example. Like we can't for, I bring drugs to the party all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have sugar all over this house. Just don't get high on your own supply. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's been since 2000, oh. since 2011. Okay. So I don't even crave it. I don't want it. And then when I eat this yeah. way, the cravings are also like, I remember learning um, the sweet spot on the grams that work for me and playing around with how many mm-hmm. grams that I actually need to feel the satiation feeling so that I'm not having cravings. Um, cause mm-hmm. I was experiencing some cravings early on. Um, and that was simply cause I just wasn't eating enough. And then eating the breakfast too, I should mention is I used to skip breakfast, but because I'm, um, right now it's just, it's summer vacation. Everything's different. It's a little bit of a higher stress time. I want to keep that cortisol low in the morning. Um, so that's another reason I've been eating breakfast. Uh, when we moved to the new house, my workout and everything routine, well, once we moved to my parents' house and we're settled, um, we'll kind of go back more to waking up early, um, you know, getting a workout in, and but then eating breakfast early too. Mm-hmm. And then I typically, my fast goes from after my second meal into the evening and then I break it in the morning, typically okay. with, with kefir, homemade kefir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Homemade kefir. That's, it's so good. (laughs) I'm do. I was, I was making my own kefir for a while, but I'm doing a dairy free experiment and I'm really missing my kefir. (laughs) Well, the nice thing about kefir too is, I mean, it's dairy, but, um, for folks who are lactose intolerant, it's, there's no that's what the grains eat all out of there. So it shouldn't be something that they can't have either. So that's awesome. Right. Yeah. And you know, since I've cut that out and I did like a dairy free experiment before, but I kept the kefir in because I didn't feel like it was an issue. But this time around, I said, well, let me get all the dairy out just so I can see just because I, so I can see what it's like. And it's only been like a month, but I'm still feeling like I could have kept the kefir in and been getting the same results that I'm getting now without having the rest of everything else. Um, Okay. What about your favorite carnivore food? Like if you're going to splurge on something and it's carnivore, what are you having? Oh gosh. Well, (laughs) I'm so boring. I love burgers. Like, okay. Five guys just open down the street. They don't use vegetable oils. They just throw those suckers on the thing. I love burgers. I, if I'm going to like splurge, I'm going to have like a huge, like one, two, three, four patties. I'm going to have like an egg on there. I'm going to have cheddar cheese. I'm going to have, um, I make wings. I buy the, like those big bags of wings. I'm going to have chicken wings, love the chicken wings. Oh, I, um, so I'm going to have chicken wings. And then I also, what I do is my, my husband loves, um, I make him the dark chicken thighs. He only likes the dark meat and, um, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. So I'll rip off all the skins and then I'll crisp those up in the air fryer. So I would have crispy chicken skins, chicken wings, and a burger with an egg on it and a slice of cheddar cheese. Oh, that sounds delicious. (laughs) <laughs> and I would that sounds great last bite yes yeah so would I that sounds great <laughs> all right so you are a woman who appreciates your ketosis and sunshine um 
do you have any tips? Cause you look great. Do you have any tips for keeping your skin youthful, even spending time in the sun and not slathering toxic sunscreen all over your face? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Um, you, so you, if you, you probably can't tell on the screen, but my, my face and my neck and probably just about like just a little bit down into my decollete is not tan. <laughs> the rest of my body is dark. Like my legs, okay. my tummy, like I wear a tiny little, I lay out with a tiny little, you know, bikini on basically. And I get my son. So I do, um, as an esthetician, I was an esthetician for many years. I was one who slathered all of that stuff on myself. I mean, for many, many years. Um, but the thing that's funny is I never really put it on my body. I only had put it on my face. So now what I do is, um, if in the morning, so in the morning, I don't, I don't do anything. I want that red light on my skin. So I try to be summer right now. I try to be in like, you know, I'm in a tiny tank top and shorts when I go out and it's my pajamas, right? Go outside. I get all that red light therapy, which is great for the skin um, and also helps to produce um, sunscreen naturally through it for the rest mm -hmm. of the day. So I'm not really worried. I'm also a Fitzpatrick type three, four, which is the um, skin chart for people that don't know that let you know, like your how, um, how likely you are to burn, how long you can be out in the sun, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's called Fitzpatrick scale. I use the Deminder app. So I use the Deminder app. I use a hat and I basically cover my whole face. I also use pure zinc. You can buy mm. pure zinc. And what I do is I put it on the areas of my face where I know I tend to get dark spots if I don't. Now I know I'm not taking vegetable oil. People want to be like, well, you don't need vegetable oils and you don't do that. So you don't need to worry about that is true. Um, the sun is no mm -hmm. longer activating the vegetable oils in my skin to then turn into dark spots, right? Because I, I don't take vegetable oils, but I also know that it takes a really long time for vegetable oils to get out of your system. Yes. So for all I know, I don't know, like, and then also if I go out to eat, I don't know, you know, if I'm ordering omelet or something, I will tell them to cook it in butter, but there might be a little veggie oil on there somewhere. I can't like mm -hmm. never go out and do. So for me, it's really about, I want to look as young as I feel. Um, this isn't like vanity. This is, I want to look like this until I'm 120, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, so I wear zinc on my T-zone. So right, what I do is I put it right here because that's the tip of the nose. And then I put it on my, this is where I typically will get dark spots. I'll put mm -hmm. it here. I wear a hat and I'll put a little bit here. And then what I do is I'll take the hat off for a little while so I can get a natural contour from like, it'll, yeah. it'll, this won't get dark. And then, oh, I'll that's the great tip. Hat. Wow. I get a little, so I have a natural contour, um, just from putting the zinc. Um, so I do the zinc and then I wear a hat, um, and then I use the deminder app. So the only time I'm really using the zinc too, is if I know I'm going to be outside for a really long time, then I will actually go ahead and put it in this area with a hat. Um, but if I'm just going out with my deminder app and doing my, you know, however many minutes I'm doing, depending on the UVI, UV, whatever is there for that day. Um, then I just use the hat. Okay. Awesome. I really like that tip about the natural contour. Cause I really try not to wear makeup. I'll wear makeup maybe, I don't know, two or three times a year. Cause I'm going somewhere nice with my husband. Um, but I like that not natural yeah. contour. Okay. Yeah, so there's a couple things you can do that are, so I use, um, and it, on my YouTube channel, I have videos on my clean beauty products and, the, you know, I'm an animal based beauty. I call it circadian beauty because some of the things that yeah. I enter time, I do aggressive treatments with needling and all that kind of stuff and the red light. And I use, mm. um, a serum from EMR tech and in, in the winter, 
I go, uh, I like do it almost every day and I use my vitamin D lamp on my body. So it's not touching my face. Um, I have videos on before and afters of like some sun damage that I had um, when I first started carnivore and, and sunshine and all that. I was just like, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to lay out there. And I was not careful. And I ended up getting mm -hmm. some sun damage on my face that I reversed with just needling and red light. Um, so oh, that's wow. why I call it circadian beauty, because also in the morning when you're going outside, you're getting that as well. So that would be part of the treatment. Um, and I do offer skincare consultations around clean beauty and, um, you know, not having to run off and get some crazy ablative, you know, a lot of people don't want to mm -hmm. do that. I will say that I'm not opposed to certain peels and different things like that. If you are, if you're doing it like once a year, twice a year, and you are practicing ketosis and fasting because you will eliminate those, you will eliminate that stuff out of your body. Mm -hmm. the, if you're doing, um, the autophagy, the, it will, yeah. get up. you can clean it up. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check out your channel for some of those beauty tips because I'm, I've definitely neglected that side of things, but I feel like I'm getting older and I should be doing some preventative things and some repairing things. Cause like you, when I heard the sun was good, I, I mean, so I, I spent most of my life hiding from the sun. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in the Nepalese culture, but it, it, growing up, it was like, you don't want to get too dark. You need to stay out of the sun. So I really did stay out of sun, but once I learned, oh, it's good for you. You need this vitamin D. I was like, give me all the sunshine, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I do feel like, you know, it, I, I feel like it's taken a, a little bit of a toll on my face, like under my eyes. And I was like, okay, I can, I can still do this, but I need to do it smarter. I don't need to just throw myself out there and <laughs> get all burnt up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. And back home, they have creams called fair and lovely that my mom used to slather on our face. And, uh, growing up, we would come home from the pool and it was like, Oh, mm -mm, not good. <laughs> not beautiful. Not beautiful. And now even, I mean, I think now they're kind of used to it, but when I started this sunshine stuff last year, we went to the Dominican Republic and I came back. I was really dark. I mean, I mean, I, there were people in my family commenting like, mm -hmm. oh, what if you, what did you do? <laughs> and I'm like, what did you do to your manners? <laughs> what happened to you? You know, I was, you know what I mean? I didn't say that, but I'm like, whatever I'm over here yeah. like this. And you're over there looking like that. So <laughs> because they're the same ones or what do you do how can I do that or oh my god you still like like you're 20 how do you do this and I'm like um do you see what I do I mean you see what I do so yeah. but then they don't want to do it so that's the thing you just be an example and then when they're ready they typically will say oh I'm going to try that yeah yeah definitely all right. So you have made a complete lifestyle change from where you used to be. Do you feel like this is you for life? Like, can you see yourself doing this for the next 50, 60, 70 years? Yeah. I mean, if my body continues to thrive the way that it is, I've never felt better doing anything else. I can't imagine. I think if anything, I'm going to get more into it, like figure out new ways to be, bring it. Uh, I'm always into simplifying things. I cannot be outside for and grounding every single day for like the whole entire day. You know, like some mm -hmm. people are like, I'm meditating for, it's like, that's not, so yes, I, I think that I have, I feel that this 
lifestyle is for the long haul. And I think that I was talking to my mother-in-law recently. She said, well, did you know, um, I think it was Time Magazine or something like that recently came out saying that um, humans can live till 150 and that we're heading in that direction. I was like, we are? Are we? Heading <laughs> like, maybe I'm heading in that direction. Maybe you're heading in that direction. But I don't know about everybody. But we have that possibility. And now people are, you hear people all the time, like say, um, I'm, I'm shooting for 120. I tell my daughter, well, mommy's trying to be here till 125. So I don't want to eat that. Yeah. Okay, mom. Yeah, mom. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Kids are great. Kids are absolutely great. And definitely you're, you're setting that example for them. And you have to know if they, like you said, you know, if anything's ever going on in their life after they leave you, they will think about, well, hey, mom, she did stuff that other people didn't do. And she didn't get sick like how everybody else was. Maybe I should be more like how I remember mom when I was growing up. Isn't that natural, though? Like even when I look back at certain things in my life, like my my dad has this practice when that he wakes up in the morning, he does, um, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Gayatri Mantra. He does the Gayatri Mantra every morning. He does meditation. He does a whole entire ritual with water and fire and every morning before mm-hmm. he eats. And there isn't a day that I don't remember my father starting his day with the earth and with mantras and with this 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 ritual and still to this day and then my daughter when she was two she became really interested in doing these things so I used to take her every morning before preschool and she would then do these rituals with my dad and today my morning ritual I feel like is very much and my dad is just such a wonderful human um he's just such a wonderful human being and it's like I feel like that is sort of in me, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I picked up and then just sort of little things of their sleep habits. They've always been good sleepers. They're, um, you know, they, they try their best to, you know, my dad did reverse a lot of his conditions by stopping eating sugar. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's much healthier. He lost a ton of weight when that whole thing happened back when I was younger And so I watched him never eat sugar all of a sudden. No, I can't have that. Never have. And I'm like, I've turned into my dad. (laughs) Literally, we go to the restaurant. He's like, um, he would order very specific foods and his blood work kept coming back better and better. And so I feel like that was a really great example. He never told us we had to do that, but it was a good example of you got to care for your body and your health to survive. And I don't think, I mean, just the other day he was texting me saying every single thing that I do in this world is for you three girls, meaning us, his daughters. Mm. There's not a day that doesn't go by that. I don't think of you and in everything that I do. And I think that that's an example. And, And now I say things like that to my kids. Um, and then, or, you know, my mom, just the way she would care for us and how gentle she was and little things like that. Like the way that she felt as when I was a little girl in her arms, I can see my son likes those very same parts of my body that I like on my mom, my arms. And like, just it it's, it's to me, there's a knowing that the example of who I am walking around is entering into my children and whether it's Mm -hmm. 16 years old, 17 years old at 40 years old, at some point, I think it's just there, right? It's like also part of the DNA. And then I do believe in all that quantum entanglement and I believe in the whole, I believe in all that stuff. I've seen it work directly with my kids. Like Mm -hmm. my son will, I'll be like, I I have a feeling my sister, like just randomly, I'll have a feeling that my sister is going to, my son goes to my sister, owns a a preschool and he goes there. And I was at the dentist and I was like, I have some feeling that like somehow I'm going to have to like pick him up for some odd reason. 
3.30 on the dot, my sister's texting me, I don't know, Kylas is saying he's dizzy. And I was like, oh God, it's the tire swing again. And I knew I had to go pick him up. <laughs> Just like, this happens to me all the time. I'll think of my, my husband and he'll text me or mm-hmm. I'll think of a friend and like, And I think also call this woo-woo. I don't think it is. This is just quantum physics. But when you are as clean as a whistle from sugar and flour and you're in ketosis, which I believe is a very spiritual state to be in. And that's sort of in that that state. And and as in my experience, I should say, I, I feel so connected to the world around me that I'm doing sunshine and I'm doing all of this stuff. I don't think, I, I believe that what's happening in my life is a result of being clean enough to access parts of the brain and the body and just the Higgs field and the energy around us um, in a way that is not possible when I was on sugar because mm-hmm. I couldn't access anything. I was not a kind, gentle soul to myself. And so how could I be to others? And so carnivore right. was the ticket. It was the ticket for me to get all that, Mm -hmm. all of that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% everything you just said. (laughs) This has been a beautiful conversation. I'm so fortunate to be able to meet you today. Um, And I have one more question for you. Um, what advice would you give to someone just starting out on carnivore or what's something you wish you knew when you were just starting out? Um, take it slow. Uh, definitely. Uh, for me, I, my experiences that I slowly transitioned into carnivore, like eliminating, you know, so, I mean, if you look at my experience, I basically went from uh, the standard American diet to then sort of low carb paleo and then sort of stayed there for a while and then went into ketogenic and slowly I transitioned. Now you don't need to do it over the course of 16, 17 years like me, but, um, you know, taking time to slowly transition into it, um, is better than jumping really hard and fast in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it also depends on what's going on with you. Like if you have ulcerative colitis, debilitating ulcerative colitis, I would give you a little bit of a different advice, um, which would be to move a little quicker into animal boat-based approach and get quickly onto the low oxalate veggies, eliminate the sugar and electrolytes, electrolytes, electrolytes. I wish Mm -hmm. I had known about electrolytes because electrolytes are the key to keeping my anxiety at bay. Like, Mm. of course, along with the fat, it's all, it's all together, but the electrolytes for me, not having the right amount of salt is where I think I was having the keto flu. So if I knew how Mm. to do salt, right, like get your hydration, right. And slowly transition into carnivore, then break down the ox, take out the oxalates eat all the low oxalate things, and then eventually just go strict carnivore. This is definitely for ulcerative colitis people, like go then go strict carnivore for a while. Um, and then once you've healed your gut and you wean yourself off of the meds. And I did this with my doctor. They thought I was crazy. Um, but now they're like, all right, I guess you don't have colitis, <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, take your time, take it slow, electrolytes, electrolytes, electrolytes. Um, I like Redmond's real salt. I use pretty much two teaspoons of that a day. That's what I need. Um, mm-hmm. I work alongside someone and we've gone back and forth on this and it was first just one, one. And then it was like, oh, I need more than that. Um, and then, um, yeah, so uh, I, I, I give my kids Ultima. They like, I give them electrolytes. Um, the Ultima brand is the cleanest one, in my opinion, as far as I do use Relight as well. They don't like that one as much, but at least they're getting some good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so take it slow, electrolytes. And um, yeah, that's what I would say. All right. All right. Beautiful. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for squeezing me into your busy schedule today. No. And um, take care. 
I'll see you around Instagram. I'm going to check out that YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah. And um, have a great rest of your day. Stay thank needy. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. You are so cool. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. I, I'll have to have you on live. Um, I'm going to pick up lives again as soon as school starts right now, it's just moving and everything has been too busy, but I'm putting you on my list right now, girlfriend. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. All All right. right. You have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for having me. This was so wonderful. Yes. Yes, it was. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong, stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. Or you can email me at carnivorestories at gmail.com. I would love to interview you and the world needs to know that meat heals.